Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball does it with balance again. What we learned from the Cougars' fourth straight win and what was reaffirmed? The latest on the road to recovery for BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. Plus, we go live to Lexington, Kentucky for a Sweet 16 volleyball preview with All-American candidate Ronnie Jones-Perry. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, December 7th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the one, the only, short-sleeved Jerem Jordan. I'd put Vaseline on my arms, okay. like Brian Logan said, so okay. that if I sweat, the pores, you know, there's, there's no uh, pores accessible to uh, cold air. So I'm ready to go. Why don't we all do this more often? Uh, no, it's a bad idea. It's dumb. I don't have anything to prove. I'm not playing at Colorado State in December. <laughs> it's okay. You ain't scared of the cold. Although, our, uh, so we have a, a, a big, you know, door to Studio B here. Yes. Studio C is doing a skit. Uh, next door they're setting up but we have a truck bay open and and the bay doors are open so a minute ago it was like just straight up like 20 degree air just rolling in yeah. here i was like hey can we close that door or yes what? please yes jeez i feel bad for our camera operators as well because the lights they're turn always on in here. bundled up they're smart it gets warmer where we sit on the desk but they don't have the hot lights hitting them <laughs> directly yeah. so yeah. they're but always they're loaded in sweatshirts up. They're bundled. And, yeah they're smart Exactly. Like the little kid from the Christmas story, just like walking out there all stuffed. Well, granted, they could just go with your route and do the Vaseline on the arms. Yeah, Vaseline. I learned that from Brian Logan. It's an option. Yeah. It's an option. Bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball tops Illinois State last night, 80 to 68. TJ Haas had that breakout game. BYU fans were hoping for, scoring a season-high 20 points. Elijah Bryant was on triple-double watch, Jerem. He finished with 17 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, and 3 steals. You brought up a point earlier. It was nice that even though he was close at the end of the game, we weren't hearing, Shoot it! Shoot it! Rebound! Give him the rebound! Different feel about uh, this specific occasion. Yoli Childs added 17 points and 7 rebounds against what kind of team, Dave Rose? I'm happy for the guys, happy for our team. It was a, it was a good win in a, in a tough challenge, and that's a good team, and I, I think they're going to win a lot of games. Quality opponent, Coach Rose and the Cougars now travel to Salt Lake City to face off against the Weber State Wildcats. McKay Cannon's former team at Vivint Smart Home Arena on Saturday, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain. Watch the game live on BYU TV. I thought Weber State was going to be better. They got hammered. By Utah Valley last night, eighty three fifty six. Now two twenty one in Ken Palm. They stink. Brecott Chapman hurt himself last night and had to leave the game. He's their best player. Bad news for Weber State. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Mangum, by the way, cleared to put weight on his foot after surgery to repair an Achilles tendon tear, according to Dick Harmon, the godfather of BYU journalists of the Deseret News on Twitter. Mangum suffered the injury during the second half of the Fresno State game. Is he ahead of schedule? I think he is. Yeah, it sounds like he's ahead of schedule, which uh, I'm not saying he's going to be in spring ball, but the idea was would he be healthy to start next season. So 
That's good news. You want Tanner Mangum as healthy as possible to uh, see what he can do as soon as he can do it. Yeah, to compete for, other than the new offensive coordinator position, the next big storyline for BYU, and that is who's going to play quarterback? I, I think it's open. In game number one. I, like, Tanner Mangum certainly has the most experience. He would be at the forefront of that group, likely. But who's the starting guy? We yeah. don't know. Good for Tanner that he seemingly is ahead of schedule. BYU women's basketball had a forgettable afternoon. They lose to Utah State for the first time since 1978. Wait, straight up or at home or something? Straight up, I believe. What? They haven't lost Utah State in women's hoops in 78? 20, you telling me? 28 games in a row they had beaten Utah State. Wow, what a terrible day. It's always a bad day to lose to Utah State. There's no good day to lose to Utah The Aggies snapped a 28-game losing streak to BYU in Provo. Jeez. Senior Cassie DeVagere led all scores with 23 points. Thank you, Jerem. And four assists. The Cougars now have to turn around and play a really good Utah team at home this Saturday, 4 Eastern, live on BYU TV. I'll say this. BYU will be say different. It. Say it. When they get Sarah Hampson back from volleyball. She's with the volleyball team in the Sweet 16. When she doesn't play with this team, they are a totally different product on the floor. Six straight Sweet 16s for BYU Women's Volleyball. They are the 13th seed. They're in Lexington, Kentucky as we speak. They play four-seed Kentucky in the regional semifinals, a.k.a. the Sweet 16, of the NCAA tournament. Tomorrow, we will talk with outside hitter Ronnie Jones-Perry, Copper Hill's finest, later in the program. That's plenty of reason to rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Angry Redbirds. Ah! T.J. Haas had a breakout game, didn't he? BYU slingshots Illinois State back to normal Illinois with an 80-68 win. The theme of the season has been extended, Jerem. BYU held an opponent under 70 points and won again. And our Twitter question today, what did we learn about the BYU basketball team last night? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at LaserSheep. This really is a team. Everybody contributes. It was nice to see TJ Haas end his slump. Yep. Glad that's over. Okay, what did we learn? Or was it more of an affirmation of what we have already seen? I, I think it was an affirmation of that. Um, yeah, we, we, one of the love languages of BYU Athletics is uh, words of affirmation. Yes. So that affirmed what we feel like we know from this BYU basketball team. Granted, we're like a quarter of the way through the season, but I like that BYU can have a different leading score almost every night. I think there's four dudes that are kind of in the mix there, maybe five. Because last night it was T.J. Haas, 20 points on 8 of 16 shooting. Great to see him snap out of the slump. By the way, he goes 5 of 10 on 10 questions Tuesday night on the Rose Show. And then he goes 50% as well, oh. 8 of 16 oh. last night. Uh, but he's shooting about 50% at home, by the way. On the road is where he's not shot well. Well, and he hasn't had many opportunities to play at home recently. Elijah Bryant, 17.99, as you mentioned, close to a triple-double. That was, that was cool. Uh, Yoli Childs goes off for a quiet 17-7 and seven again. Isn't that interesting? So Saturday it was Childs and Cannon, Destiny's Child and uh, McKay Don't Call Me Nick Cannon <laughs> in Logan, okay, for 17 at TMI. And then last night it was TJ Howes 20, Elijah Bryant 17, Yoli Childs 17. I like the balance of this team. I like the fact that you are sharing the rock on offense, 22 assists on 31 field goals. Defensively, 17 points allowed in the first half was fantastic. 
Illinois State went 0 for 15 from three in the first half. In the second half, Illinois State scored 51 points, but BYU had won the game already by halftime. Leading by 22 at the break, and they had really rattled Illinois State with their defense. I mean, when those shots don't start to go in and BYU ramps up the defensive pressure, it just makes the mental advantage that much wider for the Cougars because Illinois State collectively is thinking, man, is a shot going to go down? And literally, they didn't from three. Oh, for 15. Oh, BYU for went, 15. BYU went 0 for 10 in Logan in the first half and played that kind of game but had better defense yes. to stay in the game and not go down 22. BYU never uh, trailed in this game, by the way. I looked at Dan Moeller, the head coach of Illinois State, at one point uh, during BYU's run to get ahead by, at one point, 28 points. And he turned to his assistant coaches and he said, our defense is unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> Just like so much He was so sarcastic. Snark, so much snark in his yeah, commentary. One time at a, a dead ball, it's just kind of quiet, right? 12,000 in the Merit Center. He, he yells, hey, run, you know, D-box wide. Run it the right way. He's <laughs> just like really annoyed. He was so annoyed. And at halftime, his interview with you was fantastic. You know, you're like, hey, 0 for 15 from three. You know, what do you think's going to change? Or you keep shooting? What? He's like, nothing will change if our attitude and our execution doesn't. Nothing will. Our passion. Yeah. yeah. He was just like very composed. So then my follow-up <laughs> question was, okay, well, what type of team do you expect to show up? And he repeated the answer. A team that has all those things that didn't have in the first half. I, one of these times I want you to ask. All right. Uh, was the team uh, coached well enough in the first half? What do you think? <laughs> Ooh. Just slide out. I just might do was that. It, was it coaching or execution, coach? What was, the, what was the issue in the first half? I know why he was frustrated <laughs> because there aren't their shots aren't falling, and in the first half – Pretty much everything was falling for BYU. Yeah, it was a great first half for sure. BYU won the game in the first half. Weird stat of the night, however. Both teams finished with the exact same three-point field goal percentage and numbers. Seven, Seven for 24. 24. That was odd and didn't matter in the end. And it did not matter. Okay, so I don't know that we learned anything, but what we have been preaching from the microphones in Studio B was reaffirmed. Value possession play defense, Thank you. take Thank good you. shots, and you win basketball games. But what does this mean moving forward for Weber State and then Utah a week from Saturday? I'll tell you this much, Jerem. It means to me that BYU will exceed my non-conference expectations, which takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU is 7-2 for the first time since the 2014-15 season. What happened that year, Jerem? BYU made the NCAA tournament. Ah, that was the last time that BYU made the NCAA tournament. Now, I think it's too early to say that that's going to happen for this team. I don't think the non-conference schedule is strong enough. I'm not going I'm not yeah, going yeah, tournament I'm not going, yet. Yeah, I'm not going there for sure. Um, but a big game with Utah coming up. In a week and now, if BYU home. beats Utah and Weber State, then, then I'll probably okay. don the tournament train hat. Now, riddle me this. BYU only has one non-conference game left of a team that's in, like, the top 200 yes. or so. Yes, It's Utah. Weber State, Idaho State, is it Texas Southern, right? BYU is going into conference play at least 10-3. and three. That's the thing, and that's why I say they will, they will exceed my expectations for non-conference play. I said 9-4. and four. You did say 10-3. and three. I said 10-3. and three. 
Could they exceed both of our expectations in non-conference play? Yes. Yeah. If they listen, it's all about Utah. Ken Palm says BYU is sixty-six right now. Ken Palm says Utah is sixty. Oh, That's that. a pretty even matchup on uh, the Deuce next Saturday. Oh my goodness! So many mm. storylines going yeah, into I, that game. I need game. to see BYU get into conference play. I need to see him play St. Mary's. I need to see, see BYU play Gonzaga. Just have a gauge of where we're at. Gonzaga is the best team in the league. Then it's St. Mary's. Then it's BYU. But can BYU challenge St. Mary's for two? That's the question in my mind. Well, fans are starting to believe because of the four-game win streak right now. still too early. We haven't seen BYU against a St. Mary's Gonzaga Utah yet. Utah will be that caliber of team. We've seen BYU against Alabama. BYU did not shoot well. It's in a terrible gym, but Alabama had to play in the same gym. Alabama's good, right? We will know against Utah a little more about this BYU basketball. What did we learn last night? Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, Copper Hill's finest Ronnie Jones-Berry joins us from Lexington to preview the volleyball Sweet 16. And former BYU basketball guard and assistant coach Terry Nashif joins us. What does he think is the number one strength of this year's BYU basketball team? You're wearing the shooting shirt that he gave you. Worked out. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN. Women's Hoops hosts Utah Saturday, 4 Eastern on BYU TV. Watch as the ladies try and snap a four-game losing streak to that team up north. BYU men's basketball riding a four-game win streak. BYU women's basketball on the exact opposite side. So if the cost of business is that you get a split wins, do you just keep them going for one team? That'd be mean, right? Luckily, that's not actually the truth. You can get both wins. You can. Yeah, please don't make me pit them against each other. No, let's not do that. That was a terrible idea. I want to apologize on behalf of Spencer for planting that idea in my head during the break. What did, oh, please, please. What did we learn about the BYU basketball team last night at Roland Hall? Tweets in, from what I could hear from our bench, sometimes you got to just go for two. I miss going for two. Should we bring that back at some point? Don't propose. All right. Ideas. Hey, something to think about. Day that. Something to think about. <laughs> Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former BYU basketball guard and assistant coach extraordinaire, very well dressed man, Terry Nashif. Terry, just so you know, I have the shooting shirt on that I won in that competition you set up in Studio B to kind of roll out the red carpet for you, man. That's awesome. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Well, I'm doing terrible now that Spencer brought that up. <laughs> that seems like yesterday. Brought that uh, creamery ice cream bucket in there, and you fired away. There we go, man. There we go. Hey, Terry, let's start with the Twitter question. What did you learn about BYU basketball last night? That first half was really impressive, and what stood out to me is they went on the road, as a team, you've got a young team, and they played really well in those games, got some wins, came home. Everybody's telling them how great they are. They're surprised they're this good. They come to the you know home arena, play a good team, and they just buried them. Uh, 0 for 15 from 3, and it's not like they were wide open. They were contested, and it's not like they were close. They were clanking off the backboard, and, and there was four BYU guys there to grab that rebound. And then efficient offensively, TJ hit some shots, which we knew he would. And it was just a really impressive uh, first half and a win for uh, for BYU. 
This is a young group, like you said. No seniors. The youngest player by age is Yoli Childs, which is pretty incredible considering how uh, successful he's been right out of the gate. What do you think of BYU's 7-2 and two start so far this year? I think it's great. Uh, it's, it's a testament to Coach Rose. Can we talk about what he's doing? It's unbelievable. I, I watched the broadcast last night, and if I heard correctly, T.J. Haas has the most starts on the team, and T.J.'s been here for over, a little over a year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what, what he's doing with this team and the expectations, uh, that, that's what Coach Rose does. He just wins games. He just produces winning teams. He's got these guys. And uh, this is what he's done for years and years and years. The difference is the expectations last year were crazy. The expectations this year, they didn't think that uh, BYU would be very good, losing some key players, and he just keeps winning, and it's amazing. I hope, we, I hope Cougar Nation appreciates what he does. Terry Nashif with us on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU basketball guard and assistant coach. Jeremy and I were just talking during the break about BYU's offensive production and efficiency matched up with their defense. Is what is happening right now in terms of win-losses more about BYU's efficient offense or better defense? It's both. What's happening is... BYU is playing slower. That's what Coach Rose decided to do, and Coach Schroyer has been working uh, on these offensive, slower offensive schemes since June. And it's positionless basketball. It's really fun to watch. The ball's moving around. Everybody at the arena, on the team, at home, knows when we're going to shoot, which is great. And uh, that's really helped us. And then defensively, you can see that everybody has bought in, and they're all – um, doing their assignments, and then Coach Schroyer's scheme is tremendous. You can see the difference in the scheme, and it's really working, and our guys have bought in. What's your opinion on the schematic difference? Because the way that you ran the offense produced top five, top ten scoring offenses, and that, that was really awesome for its time, right? But there was this consideration and conversation in the offseason that maybe in the WCC a different kind of offensive style would be in order to maybe avoid some of these non-Saint Zaga losses. How do you feel about that? I think a big thing is being able to play. You look at our roster now, and every year it's, it's kind of funny. Every year after the Cougar tip-off, uh, without a doubt, everyone says this is the deepest team BYU's ever had. And it's been <laughs> I've been there for 16 years. It happens for 16 years. And then we start going through, and then either due to injuries or due to realizing you're only playing one team instead of two, it gets cut down to seven or eight guys. And in the West Coast Conference, teams play a lot slower. And so what's happening is we're able to play these teams with our seven or eight guys, or what we're hopefully what BYU's going to do this year. Seven or eight guys, we're going to play slower. They're going to stay on the court. There's less possessions to get fouls. There's less possessions. What was happening is the advantage wasn't happening on the offensive end where we were running these guys at altitude because they were playing so slow. And then uh, defensively, our efficiencies were allowing – they're really good offensive teams in the West Coast Conference. And so it was making it difficult for us to win the league. And uh, it'll still be difficult, but I like what's going on. I like this young team. I like what Coach has done. It's, it's amazing to watch how they've all bought in. They're playing for each other. And to lose some key players, expectations go way down, and they're producing at an incredible rate. We heard from you for a long time about what Elijah Bryant brings to the table. And you kept saying, look, when, when he gets in the game and he's healthy, you just watch what he can do. Is anything that he's doing right now surprising to you because of what you have seen for so long in practice from Eli? 
No, I don't think it surprised anyone that watched him in Elon, anyone that watched him his redshirt year. Um, there, there shouldn't be any surprise. He's playing great. He can control the ball. He's, he's rebounding. He's assisting. And uh, he's, he's doing exactly what we thought. It was an eval over uh, film in college, which is a little bit different when you're recruiting. Um, you're able to watch him against good competition, and he played great at Elon against good competition, uh, and, he, and he was injured, and that's the bottom line, and uh, it's so great to see him healthy. Coach Shork and Rob have done a great job helping him, and he just has worked his tail off, and uh, he, he's a real leader on this team, and it's really fun to watch. Uh, I love the kid. I uh, love his blog, and it, it's fun to watch. <laughs> EB and J, that's right. Uh, last night he has a 17-9-9. Uh, during the Kyle Collinsworth uh, two seasons of triple-double-ness, there was always a, you know, nine assists or something. Shoot it! When Kyle would pass it to somebody. How aware were you guys on the bench of the potential triple-double that was always kind of looming with Kyle? There was a lot going on during those years with the fans. And, and in fact, I thought at one point they were a little more excited if you got a triple-double than if we won the game. Um, and so everybody was aware of what was going on. Um, we would help him at times call plays so he could get an assist. We knew certain things. If the game was over, if we're up 20 or something like that, more importantly to get it for him so he could get out of the game so that he wouldn't get injured, you know, less time on the court. Um, I think that that's a little bit tricky, and I'm hoping that uh, you don't have to go through that again where kids are just trying to win, trying to do, you know, win the game and uh, stay pure with what's going on and, and try to – um, if it happens, it happens. If not, then on to the next game. Walk us through the process of numbers. So there's a stat sheet. One of the uh, you know student managers brings it over. Is someone looking at that and going, okay, two rebounds, one assist. Hey, Terry, two rebounds, one assist. No, there's – 20,000 fans yelling. (laughs) And when the other team misses a free throw and one of our guys rebounds in it and it's not Kyle, they're booing. That's when you know something's going on. So you didn't need any sets. You just knew, oh, we're probably one away on this thing. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of people that knew what was going on. (laughs) That's hilarious. Terry, we've talked a lot about McKay Cannon and his uh, bursting onto the scene for BYU basketball. He's now played in three games, made his home debut last night. What do you like most about McKay Cannon's game, and uh, how does he change what BYU basketball is right now? A couple things. I've actually had quite a few people ask about that. Um, and he is a tough, hard-nosed system guy that makes shots, great assist-to-turnover ratio, and he allows us to play a little bit smaller. Another kid you can put in there, and again, they're playing positionless basketball, so he's a guard, and and you can kind of see the lineups where it allows Zach to go to the four a little bit earlier, a little bit more often, Um, and allows another ball handler out there as they pressure a good decision-maker and then a tough defender in the system. And uh, he's changed a lot of things. And then you also hear a lot of people say, hey, how did Weber State let him get away? And I've heard that a lot about how did we let certain kids get away? And what happens is Weber State had that position kind of checked, right? Randy Ray is one of the best evaluators of talent that I've ever seen. You talk about some of the NBA talent he's brought in there. And they've got that spot, and he was you know, averaging a couple points a game, a couple assists. We needed that, and so he comes into our system, and all of a sudden he flourishes. And I think that happens a lot with kids when they transfer is, okay, what kind of position do they already have that? How does it change a team when they come? And necessarily him at Weber State, I don't know how it would have changed. Him at BYU changes a lot of things with this roster, with what's transpired. 
when you're when you meet expectations, uh, we don't we don't talk about it a lot. Uh, it's only if it's under or over often. So Yoli Childs goes for seventeen and seven. We haven't even mentioned his name, right? Where where do you see him improving the most, and what's the upside for him? I'll tell you where I see him improving the most, and it, it's it talks about what this team does. But um, when you see him get the ball in the post. And they bring a half a man, uh, meaning they bring an, an arm, or it's not a guy that's fully committed. And Yoli could still probably shoot that shot, and you see him skip the ball, and then they see it one more pass, and then you see him go get the rebound, and then it's the putback. And what's happened is he understands the game so much better. And uh, Coach Schroyer and, and the coaches have done, Coach Rose have done a great job helping him uh, realize he's a, he's a focal point. And as a focal point, if he gets another defender and then moves the ball, it really helps the team. And uh, I remember a game earlier when that's going on, we're skip the ball out, turn it, and he doesn't have very many shots. In fact, doesn't have a field goal. And make the shot, he's jumping around at half court like he had just had an and one. And, and it's just really refreshing to see. He's so talented, and uh, he's really bought in. He understands the game, and he's a hard cover because you focus on him he's going to pass the ball if you don't he's going to score and then good luck boxing him out he's a he's a beast down there yesterday greg rubel sent out a poll maybe it was the day before about who would be the first non-yoli childs player to dunk this year because like all 14 dunks had come from yoli childs (laughs) the the winner of the poll thousand votes was elijah bryant so then tj hawes has a dunk last night he's the second guy that's who you had right terry T.J. Haas, of course. The best part was, I was watching the broadcast, the best part was they flipped it up to him and they showed Eli, and Eli's yelling T.J.'s name out. And it just shows how unified this team is, how excited they are for each other. And that, I think that's what this, uh, the fan base is getting around, is just how tough this team is, how close-knit, how they're focused, and they just want to win the game. They were cheering for each other. They're playing for each other. They're playing for coach. And it's really refreshing and exciting to watch. Yeah, they really don't care who scores, and that is becoming uh, more and more apparent. Terry, if you had to pick one area where you want to see this specific BYU basketball team improve, what would it be? One area where I want them to improve. I don't know if improve, but I want them to stay healthy, guys. This is really important, and uh, this is really fun, and I want them to not have letdowns. So improve – I don't know. They're playing great. I want them to continue doing that. I want them to play like they did in the first half last night. Be consistent. Be locked in. And uh, this this thing could be magic. And it goes quick. They get confidence. They play with each other. You talk about the game at Utah State. They score five points in ten minutes. They're still in the game because they're still guarding. And they find a way to come and win that game. They come back from the UMass uh, deficit late. Um, And those are things that they're able to build upon. And so just consistency and staying healthy. Uh, but I love what's going on. I love watching them, and uh, it's fun uh, fun to see. It looks like BYU is playing better defense. There are fewer possessions, so naturally some of the numbers are going to go down. But what are you seeing from BYU's defense so far through nine games? They're playing better defense. Um, Coach Schroyer has brought in a system, and he's just really uh, made the guys – defend the gaps are not there you talk the way they down the ball screens and then the rotation last night it was awesome to see um illinois state comes off down the ball screen they go baseline usually the skip pass is open we run through the pass eli ran through it i believe and they just at times and watching them in shoot around uh, back when i was at princeton there's just not gaps out there everybody's locked in they're in gaps they're in a stance and if they're not they're coming to sit down and it's it's great to watch
Terry, it's great to catch up with you, man. Uh, hopefully we can get you back here in studio at some point and have some sort of competition that I can beat Jeremy again. So uh, if you want to do that, your, the door is always open for you. I'd love to. I, I love this. I've got my BYU stats sitting next to uh, a company where have got a million shipments trying to uh, make it better for them. And i got I got numbers everywhere, and I'm excited. So anytime <laughs> you want me on, I'd love to. You got it, man. We wish you the best of luck uh, in your business endeavors as well. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. All righty. What did we learn about BYU basketball last night? Terry Nash says uh, that they're capable of putting together a really good yeah. half against a quality opponent. He's from, he's from the Couve, Vancouver, Washington. He knows yes, what's he up. Yes, he is. Hey, coming up, is it a big deal or no deal that BYU hasn't hired an offensive coordinator yet? Uh... Save it. Okay, I Control will. Control us, that. I will. I will. Also, Ronnie Jones-Perry joins us from Lexington, Kentucky, to preview the Sweet 16 matchup with the Wildcats. RJP! Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. Christmas in the air everywhere. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. Men's Hoops plays Weber State Saturday night, 10 Eastern time from Salt Lake City, Vivint Smart Home Arena, uh, newly renovated lower bowl and whatnot. It looks great. Uh, If you're there in person, it's going to be great. If not, watch on BYU TV. Pre-game on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern Saturday night. A part of the Beehive Classic because at 7.30 Eastern, Utah plays Utah State. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines with the second dunk or the second player to dunk for BYU basketball this year. Into a three left side, Yarborough, back rim, rebound. I'm kind of rooting for him. Leaking is Haas, and Haas will drive it and dunk it. You got it. TJ Haas. (laughs) Tyson J. Haas. And it happens after he comes on the Rose Show. Goes 5 for 10 in the 10 questions, shoots goes, 50%. He, nice. he dunks. He's the second BYU player this season to dunk. It was a good night for BYU basketball, who beat Illinois State 80-68. to Haas went for 20 points. Elijah Bryant, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals. Yoli Childs added 17 and 7 rebounds. As you mentioned, Jerem, next up, Weber State. Tanner Mangum is cleared to put weight on his foot after surgery to repair an Achilles tendon tear, according to Dick Harmon of the Deseret News on Twitter. Mangum suffered the injury during the second half of the Fresno State game. BYU women's basketball lost to Utah State for the first time since 1978. What? The Aggies snap a 28-game losing streak to BYU with a 76-69 win. Senior Cassie Broadhead DeVagere led all scorers with 23 points, four assists. Cougars face Utah this Saturday, 4 Eastern on BYU TV. In the sixth straight Sweet 16 for the women's volleyball team, the 13-seed Cougars are in Lexington, Kentucky, to play the four-seed Kentucky Wildcats in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament, baby. Ronnie Jones-Perry joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline from Lexington, Kentucky. Or not. Oh, yeah. Is is she there now? (laughs) Uh, We accidentally hung up on Ronnie Jones-Perry. Beep, beep. beep. Uh, I don't think she's there. We'll get Ronnie on the line shortly again from Lexington. (laughs) We should remind you that this is very quickly becoming the team on campus at BYU. And in fact, after they got to a fourth consecutive they Sweet have 16. They have been for like two years. Yeah, exactly. When they got to the national championship and then followed it up with another Sweet 16, yeah. it was like, okay, they're, they're the team yeah. on campus. Will there be a point? Will there be a point where we're bored with the Sweet 16? I don't know. A good stake is a good stake every time. 
That's what I say. Hey, let's uh, throw a little mashed potatoes and gravy on the side and go to the Elite Eight, right? There you go. Ronnie Jones-Perry, after uh, we so rudely hung up on her, is back with us on I the Desert know. First Credit Union Hotline. Or maybe, yeah, maybe she hung up on us. <laughs> hey, Ronnie, did you hang up on us? Yeah, I did. I got something I was talking to you guys talk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just get it now. Man, we're no, off to it. Was a... definitely you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we, we apologize. Uh, we had a question yesterday when uh, we were talking about this interview with you. Does anybody call you Veronica? Not really. It's always no. Ronnie. Okay. And, and if someone does call yep. you Veronica, is it like your parent when they're getting mad trouble? at you? When I was younger, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Occasionally my husband will just to tease me. <laughs> okay. I, I have a daughter whose name starts with V, so another V, you know, is good. Is good. It's good. What's the best thing you've seen in Lexington, Kentucky so far? Um... There was a really, really pretty sunset last night when we were driving, so that was cool. The sunset. But, uh, other than that, we haven't really seen anything. Okay, so you so saw the sunset. Business trip. Exactly. It is a business trip. And for BYU, <laughs> back in the Sweet 16 for a sixth consecutive year, how do you feel right now having done this yourself a time or two or three? <laughs> I'm just really excited. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think it's going to be some good volleyball, so I'm just excited to be playing. Uh, there's a lot of blue there. Uh, are you comfortable around this amount of blue, big blue nation there with Kentucky? Oh, yeah, I love it. Kentucky's, <laughs> Kentucky's a four seed, and this is something that maybe you would eye down the road potentially is happening, but uh, tell us a little bit about what Kentucky brings to the table and kind of the matchup between you and uh, Kentucky. Um, I think that it's going to be a good, tough match. I think that they're a pretty big physical team. Um, but I think that if we play our game well and play to our strengths, it's going to be a really good match. For one of the few times this season, BYU goes into a match as the underdog. How is this team embracing that role? Um, I think that that's something that this team actually really loves. Uh, when we go into a match as the underdog, it's kind of like we take the chip on our shoulder and we just want to go and fight for every single ball and fight for every point. And so I think that it's going to be no different for this, this game. You've only lost two matches all year. You're 30 and two. Uh, you've been to the sweet 16 in, in your career. This is the third time. So how comfortable are you with this situation? albeit a high stakes match. Uh, I um, I think that it's going to be really good. Like I said, like it's just another game of volleyball. Um, and if we just focus on it in that way and we just think about it like that, it's kind of comforting and it lets us just go play our game. Are your teammates distracting you around you? I think I can hear them behind you. <laughs> yeah, they are. Who, who's totally who's are. by you? <laughs> um, Emily Lewis, Maddie Graham. McKenna Miller. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. If, okay. if Miller is will you, involved, will you? Hey, will you turn around to them right now and be like, "Hey, I'm on BYU Sports Nation. Quiet down." Yo, I'm talking to BYU Sports Nation. Can you guys just give me? Hey, it's all good. It's just live radio, right? Live TV, no big deal. Ronnie Jones Perry with us live from Lexington, Kentucky, All-American candidate for BYU women's volleyball. What's the atmosphere like in the locker room for BYU during NCAA tournament time? 
there's so much energy all the time right now. Um, everyone's just um, really excited every time that we see each other, and it's one of those things where we know that the end of our season is really soon, regardless of how far we make it into the tournament. We don't have very much time left with each other. And so I think that the time that we do get to spend with each other, there's just a lot of energy and everybody's having a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so that's how it's been. Fun to me is defined by 27 kills in three sets. I've never heard of anyone doing that at a competitive level. At what point this week did your arm finally uh, loosen up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like Sunday. <laughs> 27 kills in three sets. Where does that individual performance rank in your career, Ronnie? That was probably one of the best. And I think that just that whole match overall is one that I'll never forget. Um, just the feeling on the court and how loose everybody was playing and how much fight and energy there was is just a really, really cool experience. And then just me having a good personal um, performance is just kind of icing on top of the cake. Ronnie, we wish you the best of luck. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma as you go to take on the Kentucky Wildcats in the Sweet 16. Keep the energy high. Thank you. I know it's, it's hard not to have the energy high when you're surrounded by that much madness. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, guys. You got it. Ronnie Jones-Perry joining us live from Lexington, Kentucky on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. After that match, she did have to register her right arm with the Provo City Police Department. Dude. Like, it is a weapon. It is a weapon that Dude. has been registered. By the way, BYU versus Kentucky, ESPNU tomorrow at noon Eastern. You can watch that match. An early match. Let's go. BYU trying to get During to the lead show. We obviously will be updating you. Uh, during the show. Yeah. Coming up, which former Cougar had a double-double in the pros? Somebody had a double-double again? hmm Also, we play Big Deal, No Deal. Jerem, you ready? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. With your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, watch our daily rebroadcast that starts weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. sharp. Except on Tuesdays now. Except on Tuesdays. Yeah. Then it's at 7 Eastern. Part of Super yeah, Tuesday. Exactly. Men's Hoops plays Weber State, 10 Eastern time, BYU TV, Saturday night. Pre-game on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. What did we learn about the BYU basketball team last night at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94 with this tweet? We learned that slumps come to an end and that everything we've seen thus far in the season is legit and sustainable. This year should be a fun ride. Okay, quarter of the way through, I'm a little less, uh, you know, in football, I'd be like three games in, we know. What, yeah, probably halfway. If BYU beats Weber State and Utah and they get to 9-2, and two, will you feel differently about that? I'll feel better, but I don't know what's sustainable. People get hurt. That's the thing, and that's what Terry Nash have touched on. He's like, Like, look, instead of an improvement, I just want them to stay healthy. Things can instantly change. Just don't forget that. Just stay healthy. All right, time to play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. We have a celebrity guest big deal. A celebrity? No deal. Donnie Osmond? Voice today. It is vest day for Jason Shepard. Oh, it's Shepherd. Jason Shepard. What's Shep, up? Shep, welcome, yes. welcome, man. Thank you very much. Thank 
thank you. This honestly, this is like a milestone event in my career. This is definitely going into the book of remembrance today. <laughs> All right, man, you're in the seat. You control this. Let's go number one. Big deal, no deal. BYU basketball never trailed versus Illinois State. Hey, big deal. Uh, you want to win the game, and you want to you want to win it early and often. And BYU did that. They never trailed. I think that's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's a quality opponent. So if you can lead from the get go and finish it off against a quality opponent, oh, yeah, against anybody, that's a big deal. Well, I'd feel different if it were Mississippi Valley State. Like yeah. it's not as big a deal. Illinois State's one twenty and Ken Palm four and five now. Pretty yeah, decent team. Decent team. They played a tough schedule because normally a four and five team is not a decent team. Number two. Big deal, no deal. Elijah Bryant creates the first triple double watch post Kyle Collinsworth era. No deal. He didn't get it. No deal. I say it's a big deal because it was totally different. Like people were not nearly as aware. And Terry Nash have brought up a good point. It felt like fans were more concerned about the triple double than BYU winning the game. I don't get that impression at all with this team. Like, if somebody's close to a triple-double, I don't think fans will care if it doesn't happen. They're excited about what this team is doing, winning games now four in a row. Number three. Big deal, no deal. BYU football has not hired an offensive coordinator yet. No deal. Uh, The recruiting day uh, starts December 20th through the 22nd, the actual signing days. Uh, I think BYU could wait a couple days and still be fine. What's the drop-dead date? Listen, Tennessee has bigger issues than BYU-USC, <laughs> okay? That's a big deal. Uh, I'd say it's a big deal because every day that it doesn't happen, it, it just creates more questions for the players and for potential recruits. Like, it's a state of flux. You want solidarity in your program, and I know that they want to get it right, so... I'm not saying hurry, but it, it's a big deal to not have your offensive coordinator in place at any point. BYU could have offered someone, and that person could have said no. And then BYU needs to go back to the drawing board a little bit there. Yeah. That could have happened. Yes, exactly. And so that's why I, I kind of feel like it is a big deal. Number four. Big deal, no deal. Women's volleyball is playing in a sixth straight Sweet 16. No, initially, I look at this question, and I think that's a dumb question. Of course, it's a big deal. Um, but if you, if you get tired of greatness and you want the Elite Eight, maybe you say no deal. But I say big deal because a great-tasting steak still tastes great every time. I agree 100%. And you can't get to the Elite Eight if you don't keep getting to the Sweet 16. At some point, maybe we're like, okay, this team ne- needs to get over the hump or something. But the expectation is Sweet 16 with this, with this program. By the way, your remark about Tennessee having b- bigger issues, I, I can't help but think about – the joke that was put out on Twitter about the first three words that uh, are uttered from Luke Skywalker. We know the first three words, we know the the first three words from The Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker. And someone said, yeah. He said, no thanks, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, Rocky Top. Hot mess. Number five. What is Jerem's obsession with steaks today, by the way? I'm hungry. I'm steak hungry. sounds delicious. It does sound Two delicious. references is obsessed? I bet it, like it's out of the blue. Out of the big blue nation. <laughs> All right, big deal, no deal. The force is strong with this question. Mm -hmm. We are one week away from Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Star Wars, nothing Nothing but but Star Wars. Wars. I'm excited. Yes, big deal. R2-D2. No, I'm excited. How many Star Wars have come out all time? Six, seven, eight? Eight movies. Eight movies. Eight. Well, do you count Rogue One? Do I count Rogue One? 
Come on. Then it would be nine, right? <gasps> no, it's six plus Rogue One plus Force Awakens, so eight. Because Force Awakens is the seventh movie. Well, Jedi. Okay, sorry. The Last Jedi is will be the ninth. will be the ninth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. That's what I yeah, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Will be the ninth. Big deal. It absolutely is a big totally. deal. It's Star Wars. Yes, man. yes. I have been around you long enough that it has. You've been around society. Yes, I know, but you have helped my excitement oh. go to another and level. And we're going together. Yes. Like, I don't ever see movies we don't, we more don't. than once in a theater. Yeah. I will see Star Wars multiple times in a theater because of you. Oh, we're going. Uh, we're going yes. Thursday night at 1045, and then we're going Friday afternoon again. But this time with the company. <laughs> you have raised my level of excitement. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah. I have the Star Wars blue goggles on. Okay. Why do we have these bedazzled blue goggles? Blue goggles. Blue goggles. Like, I don't know. They're more, like, they're more like aqua Miami dolphin. Aqua lung! <laughs> All credit to you, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank hey, you for helping me get more excited about it. And thanks to Jason Shepard. Yeah. Dipping in. On vest day. day. That was great. On vest day. There he is. One point twenty-one gigawatts. Best day, Marty. Exactly. Again, best movie of all time. Oh, you, and you know who loves that movie the most? Our ben producer Bagley. Ben Bagley. He yes. loves that movie. Hi, ben. Yeah, he loves. He's it. Probably, he's probably at home watching that movie right now. Yeah, <laughs> and not watching the show. Ben's, Ben's the producer of the show. It's like like when when he takes a day off. It's like the substitute teacher's day. As I said to you last night, hey Ben's gone tomorrow, so we can do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Meanwhile, the boss is upstairs uh, going, what? what? Is they the arms what's, folded for what's shoulder? Going on down there? <laughs> what did we learn about BYU basketball last night? More of your tweets on the way, including this from at one bald Cairo doc, that BYU can temporarily make me forget that there is a giant void in the offensive <laughs> coordinator spot. Touché. Truth. Touché. Truth. Yeah. At Price Tyson 97530. Is that, what, is that his uh, zip yes, code? Yes. TJ Haas can dunk the ball. Yep. We didn't know this, I guess. Uh-huh. Coming up, will Taysom Hill have another special teams tackle tonight? And which former BYU player was an international star in Australia last night? That's all part of the Cougar Whip around. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Terry Nashif and Ronnie Jones-Perry, preparing for the Sweet 16 in Lexington, Kentucky. If you miss any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, don't call him president, call him coach, Steve Cleveland. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Beat Illinois State last night, 80-68. to T.J. Haas had a breakout game, scoring a season-high 20 points. Elijah Bryant on triple-double watch, 17-9-9. Three steals as well. Uh, Yoli Destiny's Childs added 17 points and seven rebounds. Cougars take on Weber State Saturday night in Salt Lake at Vivint Smart Home Arena, 10 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Football. Tanner Mangum cleared to put weight on his foot after surgery to repair an Achilles tendon tear, according to Dick Harmon of the Deseret News on Twitter. Mangum suffered the injury during the second half of the Fresno State game. He appears to be ahead of schedule. Women's basketball. Lost to Utah State for the first time since 1978 when electricity was found in Cache Valley for the first time. 76-69. to The Aggies snap a 28-game losing streak to BYU. Senior Cassie Broadhead led all scores, 23 points. Four assists. The Cougars 
face Utah this Saturday for Eastern on BYU TV. Volleyball. In their sixth straight, Sweet 16, this time as the number 13 seed, BYU will face Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. The fourth-seeded Wildcats winner moves on to the Elite Eight of the NCAA Tournament. Track and field. BYU men's and women's track teams kick off 2018 indoor season with the home opener today. That doesn't make sense because it's 2017. The two-day event will feature teams from BYU, Utah Valley, and Westminster. Cougars in the NFL. Hey, Taysom Hill, special team star. And the New Orleans Saints play against the Atlanta Falcons tonight on Thursday Night Football. Cougars in the association. Kind of. Kyle Collinsworth had nine points, four rebounds, and two assists in a Texas Legends loss. Cougars overseas. Kalani Purcell scored nine points, had nine rebounds, in a 44-point win for her team over the Bendigo Spirit. And Jennifer Hampson at 15 points, 17 rebounds for the Sydney Uni Flames in a 73-67 loss to the UC Capitals. 15-17. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who deserves it, Jerem? Uh, Jason Shepard for filling in. Yeah. Flash. Your boy TJ Haas for breaking out of a, a little bit of a slump. Elijah Bryant, Yoli Childs. It was awesome. It was nice to see TJ shoot the ball like we know he can oh, shoot yeah. the ball. He was shooting 29% from three up to this point. And someone brought up on Twitter, oh, can the karma be transferred from uh, brother to brother? Because Tyler Haas was on the show yesterday. We don't know all the properties yeah, of the karma. Yeah, we are right? learning. We are like, learning with you. Like, we don't know. Like, is there Rose Show karma that was transferred Tuesday? Like, is it the building? Is it the show? Like, what is it? There's a lot there. I don't know. I like what it, I like what it uh, all it's like the uh, leads to, we though. We don't know all the yeah. ways to manipulate it. What did we learn about the BYU basketball team last night? Our elite tweet of the day from at yfangirl underscore jb. Defense is key to winning games. Defend and don't let up, and we're unstoppable. Okay, that's a little much. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Teresa Hampson. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Woo!